Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 14 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of July 14th, 2020. Coming up on today's show, a recap of Donna's first day back at the Magic Kingdom. And another round of our game, thumbs up, thumbs down. This is the Circa 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listener Terry. Terry attended reopening day at the Magic Kingdom this past Saturday, July 11th. Terry donned her mask, passed her temperature check, and arrived at the Magic Kingdom bright and early. I'm told that Terry accomplished three major milestones during her day. First, Terry was able to take pictures of the new castle paint job. 14 pictures were uploaded to her Instagram for a total of 94 likes. Second, Terry was able to purchase a Brer Fox plush from the Briar Patch store. Finally, Terry tested and used all 134 hand sanitizer stations located throughout the Magic Kingdom. Terry found each station to be stocked and in correct working order. All in all, it was a magical, socially distanced, and sanitized reopening day for Terry at the Magic Kingdom. True story, Donna. You know, it sounds to me like either hand sanitizer or the cast members of a four and a half hour wait were going to be our new best friends. That's very true. All right, Donna. So we have three main uh, sort of topics here um, for our housekeeping. Uh, up first, Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom reopened this past Saturday, July 11th. Um, the Disney's Hollywood Studios and Epcot will reopen this coming Wednesday, July 15th, which also means Epcot's International Flower Food and Wine Festival will also <laughs> be opening up. A um, taste of food Wednesday. and wine, I believe there, sir. A taste of food and wine, um, which actually, side note, Val and I were looking at the uh, the menus for food and wine this year. Looks pretty good. Um, but we have been uh, kind of tracking crowd levels um, and wait times for um, MK and DAC uh, the last couple of days, starting with the AP um, annual pass holder previews and opening days, reopening days, I should say, on uh, Saturday and today, Sunday, the, uh, July 12th, as we record this. Um, and Donna, pretty low wait times. I think the highest I've seen was like 40 for mine train when it first opened in the morning um i saw splash got up to maybe a 25 but um flight of passage has been i think the biggest surprise where i don't think i've seen that past 20 minutes i hadn't even seen it at 20 jamie the past two days every time i looked at the blessed app five minutes walk-ons across the board i have a client there today send me a text donna we just walked on to flight of passage this was crazy that's awesome um you know, it's definitely a nice thing. Definitely a change of pace for sure. Um, I know, uh, you know, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this because we're going to talk about this in one of our main segments where we actually preview your, um, or review, I should say, your preview day at uh, Magic Kingdom. Say yeah, that sometimes fast. to say it once. <laughs> next up is something that's more exciting to me than probably any of our listeners but i'm still gonna put it out there as housekeeping and that is that there was a change in the reservation system you've all heard me complain repeatedly about the fact that annual pass holders could only have three days um including if they were staying on property so if you're staying on property for seven nights you could have your seven nights jamie and his 24 blessed park reservations that he's had throughout his three days but little old me could only have my October days and then three other days or excuse me could only have the October days would not be able to have three other days they've made a change now that I could pick up an additional three days in addition to the time that I was there on property in October so I am at least piping down a little bit still aggravated about some pieces of the system which we'll save for another day but at least uh, that's a little bit of good news here for annual pass holders yeah welcome change I definitely think it's a an inventory um, as far as availability goes with um, opening that up and, and, you know, if we can do it safely and social distance and have people comply with the mask policy or the face covering policies, um, I think that's, uh, you know, a good thing to get more people in. Um, last housekeeping note, uh, something of 
personal tragedy to me because I was very upset to read this. <laughs> um, but the return of Disney's Magical Express has come uh, with some changes and some casualties to the program, um, which will include the suspension of the resort airline check-in service, which this is the service where you can, um, when you're heading home on the Tragic Express, um, check your luggage at your Disney resort and they will take the bags back to MCO for you and you will see them at your I was going to say Philadelphia airport, but <laughs> if you're not going to Philadelphia, they're not going to go there. That would be yeah, important. That, that would be bad. <laughs> um, getting bags at Philly airports tough enough as it is. Um, but, uh, you know, back to your home resort. Um, so this is taken de- directly, home resort? Yeah, directly from the Walt Disney World website. Uh, complimentary airport transportation via Disney's Magical Express service for guests arriving and departing from Orlando International Airport is continuing to operate during this period with some modifications. I love how that's at the very end of the sentence. Beginning July 6th, Thursday, uh, this Thursday, Disney's Magical Express service will not be providing luggage delivery service for those arriving to and departing from the airport, which has always been MCO. Uh, Guests who choose to use Disney's Magical Express will be responsible for picking up any of their checked luggage from the baggage claim uh, so that it can be loaded onto the motor coach to their Disney Resort Hotel. So your luggage will travel with you to your Disney um, Resort Hotel. You can have luggage assistance, um, which will be available to you at the front of your Disney Resort Hotel. Um, as well as luggage storage and or transport um, to your uh, room. Um, Upon your departure, please ensure your luggage is with you and is loaded onto the motor coach so you can check it in with your airline once you reach the airport after taking Tragic Express. The resort air... I just added that. They didn't really say that. (laughs) The resort (laughs) airline check-in service will not be offered at this time. Hopefully that comes back real soon. Um, many airlines have modified their flight schedules, um, yada, yada, yada. And then they list the uh, number. Um, Donna, I thought about this and I actually got a text from a friend um, asking what the thought process is behind this. And I really couldn't come up with a great answer other than potentially cost cutting. Um, I really don't, I would have a hard time understanding where it's a sanitation thing because people are still touching your bags at the airport no matter what. And the risk of transmission from like objects like that is considered to be relatively low, much lower than flying on the airplane in the first place. Um, so I don't know if Disney pays bags, the, the service that does that, um, and it's a cost-cutting thing. Um, or, or how that's structured with the contract. What's what's your thoughts with that? I almost wonder if it's more so, and this of course doesn't speak to the, the being able to check your bags from Disney, which is always lovely to be able to do from your resort when you're going home. Um, but I almost wonder if it's more so that they're doing such a crazy thorough job of mousekeeping, housekeeping, whatever you want to say, before you enter your room that they don't want folks who are potentially touching a bunch of different bags, a bunch of different things coming into the hotel room that is theoretically clean and sanitary. Yeah, I I guess that could be, I guess that could be plausible. Although I guess you could make the argument they could figure out a way to still get it to the hotel. Um, And like you said, it wouldn't necessarily explain away, you know, going back home why that's um, temporarily suspended. So I just find it interesting. And and like I said, it's something that I thought about, but couldn't necessarily come up with what, oh, that's the reason why they're doing this. I I just don't have um, any idea. And and, and that was something I wanted to ask you if you had any, uh, you know, thoughts about that as well. So, Um, but if that's all for housekeeping, I think we can, Go ahead, wrap it up. I'm super excited to hear about your uh, first day back at the uh, Magic Kingdom. So we'll be back with a trip report. 
And we are back. Our opening segment today, something that we have waited over 100 days at this point to hear. Donna, can't wait to hear how opening day, uh, or at least the AP preview day is what you went to, correct? Correct. So the park officially opened Magic Kingdom and Disney's Animal Kingdom theme parks officially opened on Saturday the 11th. I got to go to an annual pass holder preview on Friday the 10th. Friday the 10th. So, and that was at Magic Kingdom. Correct. Perfect. So I thought, um, you know, since there's so many questions and things people want to hear, it would be best if we kind of went almost chronologically throughout your day. Um, How does that sound? Yeah, I think that that makes the most sense. And I'm sure knowing us will, you know, go on little tangents throughout the conversation. But for now, let's stick with that as the plan. Okay, so let's start off with, uh, we know you made the AP reservation, um, got your park pass for for MK for uh, July 10th. What is the procedure to get in to Magic Kingdom? Okay, so let's start really quickly. I won't spend too much time on this, but talking about security and the change there, because it is a fairly big one. In the past, we'll call it pre-COVID-19 era, you'd have to go and you have to unzip all your stuff. You know, the, the cast members, the security cast members would kind of dig through your bag, depending on the cast member, whether it was like, a, oh, la, 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 or whether it was a, let me open up your tampon case and see what's in there. I'm sure you need to hear that. You're welcome. I never knew that happened to you before. <laughs> Oh, yes, it did. To a male uh, cast member, I just kind of stared him down like, yep, so that's what's in there. What do you want? (laughs) Anyway. I'm um, sure you were as cheerful as anything during that uh, time period as well. Jamie, I'm a delightful person. All the time. (laughs) So in any case, there was no more, you know, hey, going through, giving your bags, having them go through your bags. It was, hey, please remove anything metal, take it out, put it in this container and take the rest of your bag with you through the metal detector. So that was a huge, huge, huge change from the, hey, let me look at absolutely everything in your bag. So it was the, um, what we talked about a couple of weeks back on the show where you are just walking through. Correct. And of course, as fate would have it, something buzzed in my bag. Still don't know what it was because the cast member who, you know, helped me go through everything could not figure out what had triggered it. But he seemed content enough. He probably spent, I don't know, maybe a minute and a half kind of saying, hey, would you move this? Would you take this out? He had me pull my cooler out and unzip the cooler. But he didn't really touch much of anything, which kind of makes you feel good with, you know, the whole keeping our, our distance and things like that. I didn't pay attention, to be honest with you, Jamie, to see if he changed gloves before or after touching my stuff. I would imagine he did, but that's just a guess. Okay, that's a good point. But, I mean, that was that was pretty easy. So pretty quick and easy bag check. Um, no one else in our family had a bag. I was carrying the bag. I mean, under Anthony's stroller, but we had the bag for our family of five. So I don't know. I don't, can we just back up for a minute? Before the bag check, you had temperature check, correct? You know what? Yes, Jamie. We pro- I probably should have said okay. that. That's, uh, the, I guess the reason to me that that just seems so normal now, which is a crazy thing to say, is because we've done it several times at SeaWorld. Okay. And it's, it's the laser thing, no contact. Correct. And really kind, really friendly Advent Health employees. Uh, they were great with Anthony. He didn't you know, back up because he's done it now a couple of times. I do look forward to Disney World hopefully getting the technology they have over at SeaWorld where it's literally like a whole body scan thing that you come in as your whole party and they can tell you, hey, you're burning too hot. You know, you need to go over here. We literally, I don't even know if I told you this, Jamie, the last time we went to SeaWorld, we literally just walked through as a group and she said, okay, your family's good. Keep coming. Now, was that uh, just for temperature or was that temperature and the metal just detector? Temperature. Just, just temperature. Gotcha. So temperature first, then the bag check. From the bag check, we went to the main gate. And that's where we first started seeing the physical distance markings. There were not any of those over near bag check, which looking back is kind of interesting. But going into the main entrance for the park, there were little markers on the ground, probably four inches tall by maybe about three feet wide. They were white and green striped, and it would essentially be a visual indicator, please wait here, please wait here, marked six feet apart from party to party. Okay. Um, I had one other question with uh, bag check that I just thought of uh, as you were talking. Um, is it still in that temporary tent or did they finish that um, structure? You know, or you was... guys were coming from the contemporary. Correct. Yeah, it was okay. It was still um, the tent, but they're building a more permanent one there as well. 
Okay, I wasn't sure if that was open for the uh, the buses yet or not. Yeah, good question. Um, so approaching the gate, there was no one. I mean, the, the day began at nine at the park. So I imagine if we had come right for nine, there, there may have been some people. But we walked over there probably about 9.45, um, probably hit the, the front gate probably about 9.50, 9.55. No one. The cast member just said, hey, come on up. Um, you know, we tapped our magic band. We did not have to show anything. We did not have to tap or excuse me. We did not have to uh, put our finger, which I was happy about and truthfully not surprised. But what I was shocked about was not having to show ID, even to pick up your blessed magnet as a pass holder, you have to show your, your ticket and your ID. Like, I mean, you know that you, yeah, we never tried to pick up magnets for you and Val. (laughs) (laughs) That never happened before. (laughs) But I mean, in this case, honestly, Jamie, my parents could have handed their magic bands to their neighbors who had said, Oh, we'd like to go to Disney at some time. And they could have walked in with us. No questions asked. Right. So that's kind of a crazy thought. Um, you know, I'm not saying anyone did that because as an annual pass holder, we all really wanted to be there on Friday, but it was just a really, really interesting thing. So no, um, no touch point, just your uh, magic band. Interesting. Yeah. So it seemed to, to kind of streamline that type of uh, process. Very much so. And I'm sure that's done purposefully. They don't want people congregating there. Uh, so from there, we probably got into magic kingdom we're in that main hub area by the flagpole by about 10 o'clock in the morning it was raining not really really hard but enough that you had to have your hood on and enough that you know the kid had his raincoat on looking you know all adorable um and coming down uh main street and what comes at us but the rainy day cavalcade so disney is calling these little pop-up parades cavalcades and it's no more than like one or two vehicles or a float and, you know, a horse or something like that. Uh, but uh, they're at random times throughout the day. So as to not congregate folks, it follows the normal parade route. And they came down wearing, the dancers are wearing adorable raincoats, rain boots, rain hats, and the big pendant that they hold the front rainy day cavalcade. They were singing, uh, the, the music playing in the background was like singing in the rain and stuff like that. It was adorable. Mickey Mouse was in the lead car. My son lost his blessed little mind when he saw Mickey in the car. Look, Mama, it's Mickey, it's Mickey. Uh, then a, a bus came, one of the Main Street vehicles came behind it, and Pluto was there, and Pluto waved at him, and he loved that. A couple other characters, and it was just a really, really magical way to start the day. Even now, just saying it, I kind of have like goose, goose flesh, like the, the good chills, thinking about how we were back in Magic Kingdom, a place that we really wanted to be, and that that's how we got to start our day by seeing this cavalcade come right down the street. Have you ever <laughs> seen Rainy Day Cavalcade normally? No. No, I have never seen it either. To be 100% honest with you, Jamie, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, actually, it's a thing if they can't run Festival of Fantasy. Oh, okay. And it's raining, like the rain, and it's, they have the same banner and uh, rain rain gear and rain boots that the okay. cast members get in, and the, <laughs> they, they put pedal to the metal on all the parade floats. But, um, <laughs> you know, that is a, a thing that, that happens. I've never been able to see it. Um, but I was just curious if you did as well. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. Okay. So from there, it's, I don't know, it's probably 10, 15, 10, 20. So from 10, 20 until about 12, 20. So two hours we managed to accomplish, mind you, in standby lines because fast, fast, obviously not operational. Buzz Lightyear, Astro Orbiter, Tomorrowland Speedway, two of your favorites. Mm-hmm. Under the Sea, Dumbo, Barnstormer, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. In two hours. That's pretty incredible. What One, two, what is that? About eight, nine attractions? Uh, yeah. In two hours. That's that's a really good, good clip in and of itself. And that doesn't even factor in time actually spent on the ride. Correct. So most of them are walk-ons. We walked on a Buzz, uh, Astro Orbiter. We walked on Speedway was probably about five to ten minutes maybe. Under the Sea was a walk-on. Dumbo was a walk-on. Uh, Barnstormer was a walk-on. Seven Dwarfs My Train was posted 25 minutes. We were walking, 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 walking. My son was loving going from one marker to the next. It was so cute. As soon as the family in front of us moved, he would run up. You know, he knew it was his turn to move. So it became almost a game for him and wonderful for us because we didn't have to often remind him, hey, Anthony, stay with us because he saw kind of his spot, you know? Right. So that was really nice. And the extended queue, Jamie, I should mention this too, for that attraction, for folks who were used to the layout of the park, exited the regular queue around the attraction all the way back to Gaston's Tavern. 
Okay. I got you. So that's I two football fields away? Yeah. So it, it actually, if you're facing mine train, it went around to the right. Correct. Back around to get, wow, that's even further than I originally, because for some reason I was almost picturing the exit when you said Gaston's Tavern. No. And then I realized it encircled pretty much the entire uh, footprint of that attraction. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. But you know what? I'm glad to see that they're prepared. They're ready for a bigger crowd. They'd be ready for most people first thing in the morning to storm that attraction. Yeah. You know, and they, and they kind of, they, they kind of have to be as well, even with, you know, smaller crowds. They, and we've talked about this before, the amount of space they need with six feet or, you know, even, uh, you know, more so than that, if they're factoring in, you know, different group sizes, yeah. um, you know, for social distancing, things like that. Is there anything, and we'll talk a little bit more about the queues in just a minute. Is there anything with those opening attractions um, that you noticed that um, surprised you? Things you did, weren't expecting or, um, you know, something Disney thought of that you were like, oh, that's a really good idea. Anything jump out at you specifically like that? I liked the the physical marker, the phys- physical distance markers on the ground. And I liked mm-hmm. that they were so bright and colorful and not, you know, like stand here, stop signs or something like that. I liked that they were the line that they were. I don't know. Why it, was, it just was more visually appealing than a big stop sign or an X or something like that. So mm-hmm. I liked that. I was was prepared simply because of looking at pictures from the cast member preview, but it's still a little shocking to see the amount of plexiglass in these queues again to help people stay safe. But it just feels a little odd walking into these gorgeous, beautifully designed, beautifully themed queue areas and seeing, Oh my gosh, there's plexiglass right here. Um, why don't you talk about that for a yes. minute, the, the plexiglass? So Jamie is referring to something that he and I had talked about because we both have little guys. So my son, um, you know, has done a really nice job the past couple of times we've gone to parks since they've started to reopen with SeaWorld and now Walt Disney World with not making us carry him through lines. He's just, he's a big dude. He's 41 inches. He's like 39 pounds. I don't want to schlep his little tush around. He's getting too big. So we've been encouraging him like nobody, like you have to stand unless you're really retired, you have to stand or unless you want to see something, you have to stand on your own two feet. So we're going through the line for my train. It's moving consistently. And then we stopped. And the reason that we stopped was because of uh, the reason that we stopped was because we saw that they were going to be doing cleaning. They, they had a cast member come on through the, I shouldn't say saw, we heard a cast member come on through the announcement system and say like, Hey, we're going to be doing a cleaning at this time. You know, please understand that your wait will be a little bit longer. However, they phrased it as we, you know, make sure that this attraction is safe for your enjoyment or something like that. You know, Disney, line uh, and we stopped then and at that point in the queue we were where there was the plexiglass from about waist up and then from your waist to about the lower end of your calf or shin area there was another panel and it wasn't it wasn't the clear plexiglass it was some sort of plastic I don't know if, if that's the right word or not but a non-see-through barrier that for adults okay no big deal but that's all Anthony saw. Okay. And that made a difference because Anthony was then looking left to right at a barrier that he couldn't see through that wasn't decorated at all or looking up at us. So at that point in time is when you started, you know, hey, you know, mama, pick me up, uh, want to see this or, you know, wanting to, to look at things because he could not see anything from that vantage point. I wonder, and as you were talking, I was, you know, something just popped into my head and, and I specifically would ask about Anthony do you think maybe Disney thought that through for for little kids like like Anthony or Aiden's age that might be walking that if it was plexiglass that they could see through they'd be more likely to touch it or do you think that wouldn't factor in for him that's not a bad point I just, I don't know if that was done intentionally, but I, I that just kind of thought that, oh, I wonder if they thought that through that, you know, if there was a little kid that could see through, they might be more likely to touch it. I don't know. Um, 
that just kind of popped into my head. I wanted to just toss that your way. Yeah, because I had actually said to my family, like, oh, I wish that, you know, they had put like some kind of like stickers or some kind of decorations or something on that area. But you're 100% right. I think that would draw them to touch it more. Yeah, oh, definitely. I would say for the stickers. I'm not sure about, you know, the, the, um, you know, metal or plastic, whatever the barrier is compared, compared to the plexiglass. But that was just something that I Interesting. thought of. Um, so at this point, lunchtime? Yep. So we, um, you have to do mobile order right now. That is to cut down on the, the number of folks just standing around and, you know, the contact with cast members. So you have to do mobile order. We knew that. So we had pulled up the app and we, you know, had our food ordered at Cosmic Rays for a specific time. It's no longer, hey, I'm going to order food here for lunch or food here from dinner for dinner. It's between this time and this time. So for us, it was, it said between now and 1225. And it was perfect because we were walking to the last attraction, which was um, many adventures winning the Pooh. So I was able to order our food knowing that we would definitely be there. Cause at this point time, it's probably 1205. Knowing we'd definitely be there by 1225, ordered our food and walked over to Cosmic Rays. That was the only time during the day that I felt like things were not a well-oiled machine. It just felt a little bit disorganized. I don't know if more cast members or more instructions or, or more something would have helped. I can't really put my finger on it, but we were waiting longer than we thought we would wait outside. And there weren't clear areas as to where we should be waiting. Should we be waiting in a line? Some folks were congregating and making a line, still with distance, but making a line down the ramp to get into cosmic rays. Other folks were sitting on the kind of, I don't want to say flower bed area, but you know, the, the two areas right between cosmic rays and the speedway. Yes. So those, those, I don't want to call them benches either, but the, the edge of the flower bed that's meant to be sat on. Yes. So some folks like my family, we were sitting there and you could not enter the restaurant until you could show on your phone to a cast member, Hey, my food is ready. So it wasn't, the old way, like, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get a table, I'm going to go wash Anthony's hands or do whatever, get him started on the snacks I had. It was, you know, we all have to wait here until the food is ready. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm trying to think of a way that Disney could improve that, but with people having different times, it's not a first come, first serve kind of situation. So you basically had to wait to get a push notification or whatever you Android people get. Hardy har. Yes. So I got the push notification and then we had to like, Anthony was walking, but I had his stroller, which strollers are not light. I had the bag, which had a bunch of water and all this other stuff underneath the bag or underneath the stroller. And I like, she hulked that thing up those four stairs because there were people on the ramp and I couldn't have safely gotten through them. So I, I had no other choice but to try to lift my blessed stroller into the restaurant. Interesting. So they should almost... Uh, I was going to say create like a barrier to the restaurant, but then you're putting people out into the walkway. I don't know what a good, because I also saw similar, you know, to what you're describing um, pictures of people, you know, doing their best to social distance, but still waiting out in front of Pecos Bill. Yeah. Um, I saw some, some pictures of that. Uh, I did want to point out that clearly Anthony must've been misbehaving because you, took him on Astro Orbiter, Tomorrowland Speedway, and then went to Cosmic Rays. So that's that poor child. You're a party pooper. We enjoy all three. <laughs> anyway, um, once you got into the actual restaurant, this the area that we were eating was just so striking to me because it was a, a, an area that had three rows of 10 tables. The center row completely blocked off. There were um, like the little trifold things on each table saying this table is not available. Please choose another table, blah, blah, blah. And then every other table on the inside and outside row was blocked off with the same little card. So in an area that had 30 tables, only 10 of those tables were available for you to actually sit at for your meal. So did they, if you remember, um, comparing pre-COVID to where we are now, did the layout or configuration of the tables change or they just added the table tents? They added the table tents. Everything else okay. is the same. And I noticed that park wide, even, you know, the, the, the permanent tables outside of the Plaza restaurant. Can you picture those with bleed ice cream near the parlor? Yes. I didn't realize until you said it, that they were permanent, but yes. Oh yes. Cause yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. It's so fun to see people try to pull them. Evidently, I may have been one of those people. <laughs> the chairs aren't permanent. That's what it is. Correct. So okay, they, that's what I'm thinking of. They um, had taken the chairs away from those tables. 
Oh, that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. With a little tent again, um, but they had taken those chairs away. Um, so that was kind of what they did for the, the physical distancing piece. The one last thing I'll say about this, because we've already been yapping for 20 minutes at this point. Uh, but the one last thing I will say about dining is that my family has not eaten out since we got off of the cruise ship that we were on on May 1st. We have not dined out. We've ordered food from restaurants and gone to get it, but we have only eaten in our home or my parents' home since this began. And all of us felt comfortable enough to sit down at that restaurant and eat without thinking twice. We saw the cast members cleaning. A cast member cleaned the table right in front of us and said, please wait two minutes to let this finish drying before you sit down. So it was, oh, okay. it was just so comfortable and so well done. And I think that that's worth saying because if anyone's listening to this and saying like, man, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is safe. I don't know if this is for me. I would never tell someone like, oh, you should do this or whatever. Um, but in the case of, of that decision for us, it was a very comfortable one. Okay, good. Why don't you, um, can you run through the list of afternoon attractions? And then I wanted to ask, um, you know, a couple general questions about, uh, uh, specifically mask um, compliance, but we'll get to that uh, after you do the afternoon attractions. Okay. So after that, we did Philhar Magic, we did the Carousel, Peter Pan's Flight, Small World, Haunted Mansion, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, which both were 25 minute queues. The Splash queue was probably every minute of the 25. Big Thunder was five minutes. It was pretty much a walk on. Pirates and the Magic Carpets, all from about 1:30 until 4:15. And during the time that we did splash and big thunder my parents did liberty bell riverboat and hall of the presidents so between our five family members we covered everything in the park with the exception of the teacups because when anthony asked to do it we had just eaten and no thank you i did not want to throw up um we did not do uh carousel of progress we did not do tiki room or country bear jamboree and the other attraction that we did not do was jungle cruise simply because by the time we got there we were just so super hot and done uh, for the day. Uh, but we saw another cav- a character cavalcade coming back down Main Street USA when we were leaving, when we were between um, Adventureland, like the, the mountains area, and coming into the Adventureland area for um, pirates. We actually, um, we actually got to see uh, like a band step off from the, the beginning of the parade route. Um, playing like, you know, who's the leader of the club to pay for you and me. So Anthony's sitting there dancing, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. And he thought that that was so great. So we saw three different little pop-up cavalcades throughout the day that we were there, which was pretty cool. That's awesome. Is that the uh, the Main Street Philharmonic? Yes. That was the band? Yes. Okay. I didn't know if it was some random high school or something like that. Um, so general question, um, everybody's always seem to be concerned with the masks one given that it was a hot day how did you feel in in the mask and two did you notice what was the level of mask compliance would you say okay fair questions jamie it was a hot day it was 90 some degrees my phone said it felt like 104 at one point i mean you're gonna be hot and sweaty regardless of you know what you're wearing or not wearing, in my opinion. Was it warm? Yes. Was I sweating under it? Yes. After I got off of Splash Mountain and it was wet, I noticed it was starting to sag. That could have been because of the choice that I made in mask fabric. So that's important to note too. So just kind of like a you know side note, bring a second mask either to switch during the day or to put on before going on a water ride and then switch back to the, your mask of preference. Okay. So as far as that goes, I mean, did we take it off after we, you know, were within eyeshot of our car? Yeah. But were we fine with wearing it all day? Absolutely. They do have max mask, excuse me, or face covering, I guess, relaxation zones where you can choose to go with your family and take off your face covering and, you know, just sit without it on, you know, regardless of if you're eating or not, because, um, Otherwise, you have to have it on unless you're eating. Um, so we did not feel like we needed to visit those zones at any point in time. We were not, you know, fussing with our mask. Our son, our three and a half year old was not fussing with his mask. So that was fine. As far as compliance went, I truly did not see people walking around with their mask on their chin. I didn't see a whole lot of people with their mask under their nose. And I'm not ripping on SeaWorld. You know how I feel about SeaWorld. I think they do a great job. It's a great park in and of its own right. But you cannot compare the two. 
SeaWorld, the norm is to see people with their mask below their nose or with their mask off their face because they're on their phone and God forbid they talk on their cell phone through a mask because, you know, clearly you can't be heard. I roll here. I never understood that. I, I always see people having to take their mask off to talk and I'm like, sound waves go through a mask. <laughs> um, so anyway. yeah, for mask compliance, I think, you know, by and large, everyone did a really nice job and I truly hope that it stays that way. Yeah, I, I certainly do too. Um, speaking from somebody who has not been uh, to the parks since, um, you know, for the reopening, I, I from what I've seen on live streams and, and YouTube videos and, you know, this conversation with, with you, Donna, I, I really think Disney has done about as good a job as they can um, in preparing and, and you know, uh, hand sanitation you know, hand washing stations, well, sanitation and washing, um, you know, the, the plexiglass and the queues, the social distance markers. I, I really think they have a lot of things figured out. Um, I'm glad they took the extra time um, for them to be prepared. Um, you know, I, I think that's a really good thing. Um, and I think on the other side, to make this as successful as possible, it has to be on the guest as well. You know, Disney can have the best laid plans, but if people are just, you know, ditching their masks because it's hot, all of that's not going to work anymore. So I think that's um, a super important thing for, you know, listeners out there or anybody who's going to the parks that follow the rules. Yeah. Keep the mask on and, you know, we'll, we'll all make, you know, the, the best of the situation, but I, I can't fault Disney for a lot of um, the things that um, they have done. Uh, one thing I think we did forget to mention, Donna, that uh, we had talked about before with the um, lunch at Cosmic Rays was the uh, plasticware. Oh, yeah. And that was neat, James. Um, so I'm a dork. <laughs> so I actually text Jamie that day at the park. I was like, oh, you should see the silverware dispenser. Uh, in the past, it was, you know, push a button, it would fall out into like a little catch tray and you would grab it from there. And looking back on it, like, I guess that wasn't the most sanitary thing in the world because a million other people had grabbed their silverware out of said catch tray before you did. Um, never really thought about it. Thinking about it kind of skews me out, not even a lie. Um, but now instead of that, it is the, the little butt or handle or whatever you want to call it of the silverware is the only thing that's sticking out of the dispenser. You pull on that and your piece of silverware comes out clean. No, I think that's a, I, I think that's awesome. I, I think that's the way it, it really should be. I think that's super smart and, and just a small change that I think is um good uh going into the future and i know donna before we started recording you had told me you had a, a listener question come in yeah we wanted to discuss so this is kind of one of those rabbit hole situations so we're going to try to not yap too much about it but um this this definitely intrigues me and jamie as well and that question said let me read it directly so that i'm not even paraphrasing what precautions or restrictions do i see staying or leaving through 2021 so the answer to that, of course, is Jamie and I wish that we could make these decisions or be privy to these decisions being made. We're not, no matter how important we find ourselves, <laughs> we're not that important. Um, so, so we don't, we don't know. But in conversations Jamie and I have had, we've talked about, you know, for example, the silverware piece. We want that to stay. That is great, and that is simple, and that's safe. I would love to see the hand sanitizer and hand washing stations stay. They're not super big. They're not a big expense, I don't think, for Disney. I mean, I guess the sanitizer gets expensive after a while. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, my poor little son with his stomach bugs four times a year that I guarantee he picked up at Disney because we don't go anywhere else. You know, it wouldn't be the worst thing to have some of these things stay. Yeah, I, I would agree. And when I first heard that question, I my immediate reaction is I hate giving a it depends kind of answer, but I really genuinely think it does matter when in 2021 you're referring to. You sure. know, is it a February or is it more like a uh, November, December type of situation? Um, I think the silverware stations, that's a home run. I think that's a, a an idea that will stay personally permanently, and I hope that it does. Um, and there's really no reason for that to go away since they're already bought. 
Um, it's not an ongoing expense to Disney, like like you were referring to, Donna, with the um, hand sanitizer stations. Um, you know, as far as big picture things for 2021, we can add on the park hopper at this point. Um, so I think that's as one of Disney's most popular add-ons. Um, we'll come back at some point. Um, as far as the dining plan, I think that will... I'd be stunned if that didn't come back. Sure. Um, although it's, it's hard. I don't know actually which one, which one, if you had to pick on it, do you book more for clients? Is it, do you favor one over the other with what's more popular with people between park hopper and dining plan? Cause I don't think I see a difference between the two. I mean, I probably have 95 out of a hundred clients go hopper. And dining okay. plan, probably 90 out of 100. Yeah, so NSD, no significant difference. I would agree with that statement. Yeah, I, I definitely see both coming back. Um, the dining plan is just super, super popular. Um, and so is is park hopping. So I, they're, I mean, for 2021, we can already have that on the ticket. So I definitely see that coming back. Um, I'm bummed <laughs> it's not here for my August trip. Um, but hopefully we will... Um, you know, get that back sooner um, rather than later. Anything else, Donna? I just, I, I'm sure that it came through in this conversation, but I just need to stress that it was a blast. I was nervous, of course, you know, going back to this place that has meant so much to myself and to my family. I mean, one of the main reasons we moved from Pennsylvania to Florida was to be near Walt Disney World. That's how much we enjoy it. So of course I was really worried. I don't necessarily do that well with change. And I was really worried about how that experience might look or might feel or how my son would react. Would he think it's as magical? And walking down Main Street USA and seeing him get so excited and be so happy to see, you know, Mickey Mouse. He's asked to watch that blessed video, Jamie, 500 times, I think, since Friday. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like a little live stream video on my Pixie page. So he's really enjoyed that. Um, he just had a blast. He had so much fun. He's finally tall enough to do, you know, Splash and, and Big Thunder and, you know, things like that that he was not tall enough to do previously. And he keeps talking about them and how much fun it was and, you know, when can we go back? So we're going back on July 21st to Magic Kingdom, July 29th to the studios. And I'm sure we'll be talking more about all this in the future. All right. That sounds great. Thank you, Donna, for that uh, very detailed trip report. I'm sure it answered a lot of questions and, uh, you know, everybody who has not been able to go was able to live a little bit uh, vicariously through you. So glad you had a good time. Glad to see the mass compliance. And it'll be interesting to see what happens um, going forward with what stays, what goes. And um, hopefully we're able to uh, keep adding people to the parks and uh, getting back to as close to normal as soon as possible. Um, as we can. So with that, let's take a quick break and we will come back with our favorite thumbs up, thumbs down. Hi, everybody. Donna and I are both authorized Disney vacation planners. When planning your next Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney Vacation, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We have a wealth of experience and knowledge to help plan your next magical vacation. Best of all, our services are at no cost to you. Please reach out to us at Donna, D-O-N-N-A, at Pixie, P-I-X-I-E, vacations.com, or Jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at pixievacations.com. We would be happy to help plan your next magical vacation. Thumbs up, thumbs down. And we are back. So on today's segment episode, Fun with Jamie and Donna, we're going to be doing another round of thumbs up, thumbs down. And this time I get to uh, make the determination as to whether Jamie is correct or incorrect. Sound fun? Sounds good. (laughs) All right. So the first one is, and again, you do not get time to think about this. You have to give me your snap judgment and then you have to defend said judgment if you are questioned. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Cinderella's Royal Table. I'm going to say, oh man, that's hard because legitimately hard because I haven't been there in a really long time. I'm going to say 
thumbs up. And I'll defend it. Yes, it's highly priced. I think the experience is unbeatable. You you can't get it anywhere else. Um, I, I don't want to take the food into account, which I know sounds silly in a restaurant, but I just haven't been there in so long um, that I don't think it's fair to give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, so on atmosphere, um, you know, and, and being eating inside of the castle that you see on YouTube and Facebook and, you know, the Disney vacation planning videos, um, I, I think you have to give it a thumbs up. But I'd also like to toss in the little asterisk of if I taste the food sometime recent in you know the near future, um, I'd like to revisit. <laughs> All right, so I will give you a passing score for that. That will be the accept answer, uh, accepted answer of thumbs up. The only thing that I will add to that is, and this is tiny, but it does kind of, I don't know, take away a little bit for me. They no longer print pictures for you, Jamie. They just put it on your photo pass. Uh, yeah, yeah. I that kind of stinks, especially with how you know expensive that meal um, is. And you know, as we know we always go back to dining plan it's signature two table service credits or it's even a prepay um if you're paying by uh you know cash or credit card but um you know i think for the experience alone it's not something i would certainly do every trip um like i do some other restaurants um but i think purely for the experience the magic um you know the uh, the princesses you get to see um i'll go thumbs up all right, let's go from there to something that you better get correct. <laughs> push the trash can. Thumbs up. By far, thumbs up. Um, push that. It's details like that that I think set Disney apart um, from any other, uh, from an amusement park and even from Universal to a certain extent. Although Universal has gotten much better with, um, you know, the Wizarding World. But, you know, it's the things that Disney doesn't, and theme parks in general, don't have to do that Disney does that makes Disney Disney. And that's, it's details like that. Because you can have the rides in the world. You know, Space Mountain is not the best roller coaster in the world by any means. But you're inside this amazing looking building. It's dark. There's lasers going off. You know, it's the whole presentation and like, and, you know, bringing it, bringing it back to push something they don't have to have there that they do. And then you realize all along, that's what makes Disney Disney. Yeah, no, super, super cute. Thumbs up is the correct answer. Next up, the reimagining of Epcot. (laughs) Assuming it's still happening as announced. Is that how we're going with it? Oh, come on, Jamie. They have to put it back together. It looks like someone threw up walls on it. Um, I'm going to say thumbs down. Okay, There's aspects of the reimagining that I do like. Um, I think the Walt statue and, and uh, uh, I even forget the name of it, Lookout Point or Imagineer Point or, or whatever it is. I think that's cool. I like that. Um, I don't like the asymmetry of the old Communicore Interventions buildings. Um, I think that looks weird. Um, and I, obviously it's, or maybe not so obvious, but the reason that the mouse gear building is standing as is, is because of the amount of money that it makes. Um, I don't like the festival center. I think that looks extremely weird there. Um, and I, I really hope it doesn't block views of Spaceship Earth. Um, but having that off to the side, like I said, it, Epcot's always, you know, from an aerial perspective or even on the ground, very symmetrical. Um, and I always liked that look. Um, you know, if you're going to tear down Communicore, I thought they should have done it on both sides. Um, well, uh, Judge is kind of out on what I think of Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think they really belong at Epcot um, thematically. Um, so for the most part, I would say thumbs down. I'm not overly excited about it. Although I do love the entrance courtyard. I think that is beautiful. 
Jamie, you are three for three. Well done, sir. That is a big fat thumbs down. Would you um, <laughs> would you give thumbs up if we were more specific to certain aspects? Because I would. Yes, but in general, as a whole, the whole thing. No, I would agree. Uh, Festival Center would be thumbs down. Um, Moana Journey of Water, I think, would could be cool, but it's in a journey of what journey of water <laughs> um <laughs> except it's in such a weird spot that i don't like it um or even really know what it is um but i think the en- entrance and the spine up to spaceship earth is beautiful I-, I think that's awesome um the reimagining of spaceship earth uh, i give a thumbs in the middle trending towards thumbs down but i would like to see how it's finished fair enough next up is uh one that won't take much explanation rivers of life (laughs) i guess i have to give it a thumbs down because i've never stayed around to see it really never not seen uh rivers of life huh okay so when you're here next month it'll be too late because of obviously when the sun's setting but when you're here in december go to the early show i think the kids might actually like it it's not the most exciting thing in the world i generally 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 give it a thumbs down but anthony really likes it yeah um or the fact that it's not even going to be open next month oh yes that (laughs) That whole covid pandemic type thing going on the thing we just talked about for a while that yeah, thing i think so okay got it cool all right moving right along funnel cake at the american pavilion oh my god major thumbs up <laughs> do tell that, um is one of our favorite snacks um at epcot um because you really can't get funnel cake in a lot of different areas of walt disney world um and there's this little kiosk outside of the american adventure um area that um donna can you hold on a minute all right jamie next up on our list is something that i would bet my bottom dollar you're giving a thumbs up to and that is dessert parties um yes overall i'll give a thumbs up um, there are some, I think, that are better than others. Um, so if we were more specific, I could say some that were thumbs up and some that were thumbs d- d- down. Yeah, probably. Um, but I think for the most part, I like, I do like them. I think Magic Kingdoms is a little overpriced now. I've not done it since they added alcohol. Um, I did it kind of when they first did it and maybe did a second price hike but when they first came out with it it was like what like 49 dollars or something it was super cheap um 49 for a dessert party i say super cheap oh god <laughs> funny to even say but um well i think my favorite one was actually probably the um the star wars and i'm not a big star wars person as we've talked about but um the galactic spectacular um dessert party um val and i did and um it was cool with the stormtroopers walking around and um you know they at that time the magic kingdom one i don't think had alcohol um so that was the first one we did that did um and, i mean we're not huge drinkers or anything but um you know it's cool to see that some of the different drinks that they have specifically with the um the dessert parties um and i think that's a really good uh fireworks show um so i I do um do like that one um i've done the one um at epcot that was not like the fro when they added frozen to it um which i thought was okay um that that was probably my least favorite of them but overall yeah thumbs up you're wrong thumbs down dessert party horrible horrible waste of money unless there's a specific reason i.e the dessert party that we did when osborne family spectacle dancing lights was in a farewell season uh i'm i'm gonna disagree on that i not necessarily with with osborne 
Um, I'm only going to disagree because of the reserved viewing. I think the value in there is high. Um, and if you're looking for a different experience, like when, when we go, we always try and do, you know, either a couple different restaurants or a new experience that we've never done before because we've gone so often, um, you know, that I think, you know, I, I, I like the reserved, um, you know, area, you don't have to wait and, uh, you know, big crowd, (laughs) big crowd of people, (laughs) um, and then practicing (laughs) for social distancing forever, um, you know, for a long period of time, um, you know, and, and I think you can also, I know you said specifically dessert parties, but I think they're also closely related to, um, dining packages, like a, you know, a Mama Melrose for Fantasmic or something like that. No, 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 no. Because that's included with your dining plan. So you're a fool to not include the little, you know, Rivers of Light package at Tusker House or Mama Melrose, the Fantasmic add-on or whatever the case may be. Or Tony's Town Square. I love doing that for folks for lunch with the parade viewing. For something like that, when you have the dining plan and it's one credit, regardless, heck yeah, I get the add-on. But when you're paying for something extra out of pocket, I just think the cost of these things have, have blown up. They're astronomical. I did the Magic Kingdom one that you're talking about. Again, but before the, cra- the crazy price hikes, I did it actually twice and really had great experiences with that. I also did one actually my first summer as a pixie agent nine summers ago now. They did um, a private event for pixie agents and families. And it was at Epcot and it was on the Italy, you know, the big plaza in Italy. So the view of illuminations was second to none but i think my husband and i ate maybe like a half a plate each of desserts because it was all fancy crap like kalua and stuff that we're just not into and it just was not it was not i just want to repeat the phrase that donna just used fancy crap (laughs) like kalua you know like come on they put the kalua and they burn it and they make it look like i don't know whatever not my let me ask you one other question um, and correct me if I'm wrong, like the, if you were paying for dining packages, like a Mama Melrose for Fantasmic out of pocket, that is more, used, typically more expensive. Correct. Would you find the value difference between what you would pay for a regular dinner and versus a dining package to be worth that reserve viewing? See, we have totally gone off the deep end of this thumbs up, thumbs down dessert parties in this conversation. It is a good discussion, though. Um, So I do that, exactly what you're talking about, for Candlelight Processional every year. We do that. We pay for a package um, where you pay more for the reserved seating for the show. So in that case, yes. But in the case of Fantasmic or something like that, no. Bite me. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Moving right along. (laughs) <laughs> fantastic <laughs> what a nice lead oh, in God. um we are talking about walt disney world correct correct world that, that does change the answer um oh man i'm struggling with this and i'm personally that's how i'm going to justify it i will personally give it a thumbs down for somebody who has not been to Walt Disney World in 10 years and doesn't remember it or has never seen it before, would I say don't waste your time? No, I would not say that. For me personally, somebody who's seen it a lot, I, I think a lot of the, the water screen tech, water, there you go again, Donna. The, the water <laughs> screen technology is dated at this point. I think half the time you can't even see the image and i really don't like the structure of um phantasmic in walt disney world i think the whole pocahontas john smith um really slows down the show to borderline getting boring um whereas the the um counterpart to in disneyland has you know the captain hook or uh or and a fight scene or Pirates of the Caribbean they've changed it to um, and they've awesome projection effects on the mountain I can't believe Disney hasn't done that yet at um, Hollywood Studios so for me personally I say thumbs down 
for people who haven't seen it before, I wouldn't say it is not worth going to. I would agree with all of the above. Well said. Thank you. Next up, Conservation Station. Um, you know what? If you had asked me a year ago, my first response would have been, what's that? Um, <laughs> I, But I did go there in our last trip, whenever that was. I guess it would have been last December. Um, and I couldn't get my son out of the petting zoo um, i know it was it, it's a really cool area um for that I, I think the the they they keep wanting to say it animal kingdom's not a zoo and i think the main building of conservation station is is a little bit too zoo like with some of their um, you know, aquariums and things like that. I, I think the kind of the behind the scenes aspect is cool. Um, small gripe. I wish the train faced forward. I hate being on the side like it's the Walt Disney World Land or the Disneyland Railroad. Um, that the train that gets you to Conservation Station. But I think overall, for the time being, I'd give it a thumbs up for the the petting area i think that's pretty cool you are correct it is a thumbs up it is actually very cool and if you have not been there you should check it out <laughs> next up stitch's great escape rest in peace um thumbs down i i i ne- never like that attraction i know i know you and val fight me on it um but i I just wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, I thought the Stitch animatronic was pretty cool at the time that it came out. I thought the robotic, uh, like the almost like Kuka arms, um, were pretty cool. Um, what? I thought the storyline was dumb. I, I just, you know, you're in the dark for so long, and then you get the chili dog burp, and it's I don't know. I, I just I am, was not sad that that thing closed. The Kuka Arms? Yeah, the Kuka Arm. Kuka is a, um, it's the company that actually ma- manufactures um, the ride system for uh, Forbidden Journey at Universal. Interesting. Okay, I was going to uh, ask if that was more fire sticks. <laughs> oh, no, 100%. That is legitimate. You can look it up. Kuka is the, um, uh, basically what those, uh, remember in Stitch's, Stitch's great mistake, um, <laughs> the um like the the lasers at the at the top of the ceiling yeah. Yeah, yeah. um that's basically what the uh, the kuka arm is um but the kuka arm for forbidden journey basically holds the um is attached to the back of that uh, the four person uh, i don't know what they call this the seat you know on forbidden journey right. All right. Well, um, I will give you a incorrect mark. Stitch's Great Escape was adorable, and it was a big old thumbs up. And your poop head. So <laughs> moving right along, uh, the last one, tenth and final one, resort days. Not going to the theme park, but spending your day at the resort <sighs> hotel. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, and it can be any resort. We're not doing specific resorts. Correct. Um. Just the concept of being at Walt Disney World, but not going to the theme park, staying at your resort or your Disney Springs or whatever the case may be. I'm going to say for me, thumbs down. I I couldn't stay. I I always, not question clients, but it it always, whenever a client says, oh, I just want to do a day, a day at the pool. And I I don't want to add the the seventh day onto my six day ticket. Well, you're you're it to me it's like stepping over dollars to save dimes you're um you're going to spend on average 20 bucks per person to get into a theme park that if you bought a one-day ticket could cost 159 dollars you know depending on on when you go um so the full day at disney springs i couldn't do it i'm not that big in in the shopping I'd much rather be in the parks, even if I don't necessarily, I don't have to actually do anything. 
you know, go to a restaurant in a park, you know, eat, things like that. Um, but to spend a whole day in the pool, I would have to give it thumbs down, possibly with the exception of like an Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, but even then, I, I, I can't spend all that time looking at an animal. It just, it, it doesn't hold. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does not hold my interest. I'm not a zoo person. Um, so I hate to end on a thumbs down, but I would have to give it a thumbs down with some potential exceptions. And I know we have to be absolute, but I also really think it depends on the resort. You know, if you're talking in all-star movies, that's going to be different from, you know, the entertainment that you could get at Animal Kingdom Lodge or the Poly. Pre-COVID-19, when a client would say the same thing, hey, I think I want to spend a day just relaxing at the resort, I would have said the same thing. Like, hey, it's only, I think it's less, Jam. I don't think it's $20. I think it was between like 10 and 16 depending on the most lengths, uh, ticket lengths, to add an additional day. Because once you buy four days, I mean, it's chump change, the rest right. of it. And I would say like, hey, how about you consider, you know, going either first thing in the morning or later in the evening to a park just to get three extra fast passes. Right. And I would say, you know, hey, I never, I never want to spend money for folks. That's never been my my view as an as an agent, as an advisor. But I kind of always said, like, hey, this is what I would do if I were in your shoes. That way, you get those three extra fast passes. Now, with the current environment, you know, not having fast passes, things of that nature, I don't know. Maybe it would be kind of cool. There are so many activities that go on at the different hotels. You know, kids things. Maybe having a chill day in the middle of the week. You know, especially when it's so blessed hot over the summer, might not be the worst thing to kind of recharge batteries. So I would have allowed either <laughs> answer with proper uh, with proper backup. Yeah, there, sir. I, I would still go with the. Would I rather swim in a pool or? you know, wait in, in line for a space mountain, a splash mountain, even without fast pass, you know, as we talked about earlier, some of the lines are 20 minutes. We may never see that again. Um, you know, so even if you're in, or just go to a restaurant, I, I, I don't think I would do a full resort day um, or resort slash Disney Springs. Um, I would do a water park day. That I would do, uh, but not necessarily um just doing the uh the resort day so good uh good uh top 10 um you know thumbs up thumbs down donna it definitely came with some uh some tough ones that were not um as easy as i would have expected so um with that we we're going to uh wrap up uh today's show Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Circus 71 podcast. I'm absolutely giddy with excitement knowing that by this time next week, all four Walt Disney World theme parks will be operating. As always, if you have any ideas or topics you'd like to hear us discuss in the future, please feel free to send us a message on our Facebook page, Circus 71 podcast. In addition to Anchor, we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So please share with your friends so they can listen in too. Next week, we'll discuss functionality and features of the My Disney Experience app when it works and visit the Pacific Northwest when social fatties chow down at the wilderness lodge. Have a great week. We'll see you real soon.